0: What is up, guys? So we are back again with another episode. And in today's episode, we're actually not joined by the beautiful Gary McGowan. He is otherwise occupied. You know, he has a lot on. He's doing college stuff, triage stuff. And you know yourself, like he actually has a life as well. So, you know, it becomes hard to manage all those things. So we got the the second rate Brian or second rate Gary uh, in here we have Brian Hennessy as I say but Brian Angus is his real name if you're ever trying to so- search him upon social media you've probably had a hard time and um, Brian how are you
1: I'm well buddy thank you um I think if you get Brian and then OH I'll probably do the the one to come up
0: so not yeah, that I difficult Brian and then USA it also comes up because obviously that's the end of your name as well yeah so it's easy easy work USA you <laughs> Yeah, I get that all the fucking time, man. Uh, when I spell, when I have to spell my name for somebody, they're
1: like, oh, hello, you said U.S.A.
0: Huh. <laughs> I just punched him then. Anyway, Brian, what has been going on in your life since we last had you on the podcast? How is work? How is life? Training, etc.
1: It was quite a while ago that I was last on the podcast. So lots has happened since then. Work is crushed. You know, all the clients are really really getting after it it's fantastic you love to see it
0: that's good because that was a test you're not fired yet
1: <laughs> well, i mean you can see you can see the testimonials that are going out there on social media if you're on social media um yeah it's going fantastically uh, as it should as it should um life is obviously going pretty well also uh, as much as you can live it in the lockdown conditions and training was going very well uh, obviously injured my adductor last week as you know um so no more rolling with gary for a couple of weeks anyway um but i did my four hours of cardio yesterday and that was fun so yeah, yeah. we just we adapt and overcome
0: you know, you're getting your cardio in now because your resting heart rate was absolutely fucking abysmal and if anyone else is in that same position look we've done an entire podcast series on cardiovascular adaptations and cardio in general do recommend you And obviously we do coaching, so if you do need that help, like we've been helping Senor Brian over here, uh, get his, I won't even tell you what number it was at, getting his heart rate under control, his resting heart rate, getting his aerobic fitness into a good place. You know, if you need help with that, we're here. But anyway, look, we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about your life, Brian. We're not here to talk about my life. What we're here to talk about is to continue this, we'll call it a fat loss series that we've been doing. In um, the last few episodes, we've been talking about, about you know, calories, metabolism, and what often happens in this discussion is you find yourself falling into the trap of thinking purely physiologically, right? You're thinking about the, the processes within the body. You're thinking of like we were talking before about like the thermodynamics of stuff. It's like, oh, like, what are calories? Like, why do we need calories? You might even go a little bit beyond that and you start thinking into like the macronutrient composition or the micronutrient composition and all these other things. We'll call them like, you know, the, the physiological or the nutrition science stuff, right? You can get really wrapped up in that. And look, I'm, I am fucking love biochemistry as much as the next person. I'm in for that conversation. However, we have to, especially if you are, a coach yourself or you are trying to get results yourself right so if you're in either of those positions where you're like oh i want to get some fat loss or you are someone that ever coaches people for fat loss you have to couch all of that information in the the wrapper or the blanket of this stuff doesn't happen in like the discussion is not just about calories the discussion is about human actions right that's what we're talking about and we can call that psychology we can call it you know habits we can call it whatever but in reality i don't care what you fucking call it because we just need to know how to first of all use that to our advantage but then also to understand it so that you know we have a a better idea of the process of fat loss of getting results etc right so we don't want to get caught up in this this uh like false god uh, worship of oh just get your calories right just get your macros right. And all is good. That's it. That's all you need to do. And anyone who's ever tried to diet, they'll tell you that that's clearly not the situation, you know, especially if they try to diet without a a, a true understanding of all that calorie and macro stuff. And it's kind of like they, they end up in like, we'll call them restrictive diets. And, you know, it's probably better for you to understand the psychology then so that you don't really fucking shoot yourself in the foot. Right. So just initially, there, Brian. What are your thoughts on, on that? I suppose in terms of thinking, like having that switch. Because I know, obviously, look, you coach people on their nutrition, so you've definitely seen this play out multiple times. You've definitely heard stories of this play out multiple times. And then also, this switch had to have happened to you at some stage in your your nutrition journey, we'll say, in terms of understanding this stuff. Like, what are you? What are your thoughts around that viewing? nutrition from the lens of the we'll call it psychology it's a little bit more encompassing than just the psychology but we'll call it psychology right like yeah what what are your thought processes around that is that something am I just talking down my ass here is this something that you know people should be looking at is this something that you think is like really relevant is it something that you know people need to understand before they start dieting what are your thoughts
1: yeah so I think that if it was as simple as the way you just described it physiologically in terms of the biochemistry, which it is, you know, it's, it is as simple as that, but it's not as easy as that, right? So on paper, you could just give someone that information and say, look, go ahead, start your diet. You're gonna do fine because this is all you have to do. These are, these are the, you know, three to five requirements you have to, you have to satisfy to get the result that you want, right? And then everyone would be walking around super lean, we have no issues with uh, people being overweight or obese or having issues with their relationship with food or themselves, et cetera. So it's obviously not as easy as that, right? So that's when the whole psychology behavior science, if you want to call it that, comes into play because, you know, if, you, if you're not setting up your behaviors to, you know, manage the things that you've just described, you're going to have a very hard time with it. What happens if you start having a very hard time with it? Okay. Do you stick to it? Probably not. What happens when you start failing essentially over and over again? What's the psychological implications of that? Which is how we have to step step back and and start to look at this from a psychological standpoint and see. Okay. Well, if it is as simple as that, then why isn't it that easy? You know. So what actually goes wrong? Like, what? Why can't people just be given? Oh, okay. Well, here's your now. Here's what you need to know about calories. Here's what you need to know about. Macros, if they've gotten that far, some people only get as far as calories. You know, I've worked with a lot of people in that context. So they come in and they say, you know, in the screen form, yes, I have tracked my food before, but it was I never paid any heed to macronutrients. It was only calories. So I was like, you know, I knew that calories were important, so this is what I tried to stick to. Yet here I am needing help because it didn't work, or in often 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 is the case, it did work, but it didn't last very long. Mm right so we have to think about why is that the case where do people go wrong in this process because they obviously have the right information in a in a lot of contexts anyway not not in all contexts like some people have just been completely steered away from what they need to be doing right we know that but uh, like on paper for a lot of people it's like okay you knew what you what you had to do you knew what requirements you need to satisfy to get the results and either you were able to do that and it was probably a grind and a struggle, but you got there and then what happened? Right. So there's this, you know, we talk a lot about the, you know, the after diet, you know, that's how important that is and the, the kind of maintenance phases um, being as important as the actual diet, dieting phase. But we have to look at, you know, okay, so where, where are people actually going wrong here? And let's try and address that. And that's often a psychology slash behavior science discussion.
0: 100%. Yeah. And it's, it is- I guess it's it's really annoying because it basically makes dieting harder. Like if you're someone that's trying to learn about this stuff, you're like, oh, fuck, now I have to not only understand all of the nutrition science, I have to understand psychology, behavior change, behavior science, whatever. And it's like, are we just overloading people with information? And look, realistically like we coach people. So we give them what they need, you know, in terms of like, what do you need right now? What's the the, the best little nugget that you need that's going to get you forward the quickest, the, the most efficaciously in terms of your overall journey. Um, so we've had to learn all this stuff. So I already know how frustrating it is when you don't have someone there to guide you. And um, But unfortunately, like, if you're trying to do this stuff on your own, whether, again, coach yourself or, like, learn this stuff so that you can coach, you know, people better, you're going to have to go through some, like, trial and error with understanding psychology, behavior change, all that kind of stuff, and layering that on top of the nutrition science. Because, look, it doesn't work one or the other. Like, I've already said this, like, the... Like it's not a an a la carte menu when you're talking about nutrition. Like you can't just pick and choose, like, oh, I like that little bit, I'm gonna bring that into my diet, or I like that little bit, I'm gonna bring that into my diet. It's like, no, you have to do the set menu. The set menu is you have to understand somehow whether it's again through portion control, through whatever, it's like you have to understand calories, right? You have to understand macronutrients. And again, I don't mean you have to like literally track calories and macronutrients, but you have to have a diet modality that understands, or at least encompasses that stuff. Right. But then also on that menu is like, you have to understand the psychology. You have to understand the the human habits, the human behaviors. You have to understand all that stuff. It's on the menu. You can't not choose it, you know, and you can't only choose it. Like you can't only focus on the psychology. Right. And we often see that where people are like, oh, I really need to work on my relationship with food. You know, it's like, yeah, a hundred percent you do as an individual, this is something that you need to work on, but you can't do that completely dissociated from the context of eating a nutritionally well-balanced diet. You know, or you can't just go, oh, I'm nourishing my mindset and you're eating crap. You know, it's like, like that they're, they they do not go hand in hand. Like I would argue that most people do not have clarity of thought or clarity of action when they're not actually nourished. You know, it's like think of someone who, I don't know, they're going through starvation, right? Do you think that they're thinking at their their best? Do you think that they're acting at their best? It's like, no, obviously they're fucking not, right? Same again. Like, do you think you're genuinely acting at your best when you're hungry, right? Probably not. Do you think you're acting or thinking at your best when you have just eaten that fucking packet of crisps uh, or, you know, all those sweets, or all those jellies, whatever it is. Like do you think You feel at your best. You're able to be your best in society, be your best in the world. No, you don't. So it clearly matters if we're trying to nourish our thinking, our mindset around nutrition, you know, our relationship with food, we'll call it like it's one of those things where it's like it's a chicken or egg race because we actually have to have some of the fundamental nutrition stuff dialed in so that we can actually have the clarity of thought to be able to build a better relationship with food right and it's a really hard thing to to deal with because like how do you actually go about doing that we'll, we'll actually we'll dig into that later in the podcast but it's like how do you actually go about helping someone's nutrition while they're trying to deal with poor relationship with food and again it's just it's just difficult and to give you a kind of context for this like we'll we'll give a few examples because i think it, it segues nicely in terms of what we're looking at here so like bringing it back to the conversation we previously had on like on the podcast on this series in terms of like metabolism calories right so people if you haven't watched or listened or watched the last two episodes go back and listen slash watch them and because we talk about you know the fundamentals of the diet we're really getting into it right now right but i do want to have this podcast in it because you really do have to think of the psychology when you are viewing all that stuff right but let's just go into it from the, the physiological processes here right so let's imagine you're someone, you go, oh, I I want to lose some weight. I want to lose a little bit of fat, whether it's a a lot of fat, maybe it's a little bit of fat, whatever. You want to lose weight, right? So what you do is you go, oh, I don't know anything about dieting, right? Because that's the, the position that most people are in. Obviously, they've heard lots of things. You know, you might, as you said, someone might be like, oh, I know calories are important. Or someone might be like, oh, I just know about like healthy foods like you know quote unquote healthy foods like whatever we have some fundamental knowledge of diet like we have to eat food so regardless of your situation your status whatever you probably have some ideas about the diet right so you go oh i want to go i want to engage in a fat loss diet i want to lose some weight want to tone up blah 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 you have all those best intentions about this and again we're not even touching on the psychology of like thinking about that a little bit deeper in terms of like you know a lot of people say they need to lose weight, but it's not like, that's not the thing that's going to actually help them. You know, it's like, that's not going to make them more confident. That's not going to fix all their issues, blah, blah, blah. But let's assume good intentions. Let's assume it's like, okay, this individual, they would actually get better results if they did lose weight. Right. Right. We're there, Right. What often happens is this individual will then go, okay, I don't really know much about dieting, but I know that you have to eat less and move more to lose weight, right? That's what everyone says and we've talked about it on the podcast it's like this is the the fundamentals, right? What often happens is this individual will then because they don't have a full grasp on it they will either excessively restrict, right? They'll either cut out like food groups, they'll cut out, you know, just massive amounts of calories. It's like oh well, if eat less is important, then surely it's about How less? Like how little can I actually eat and still, you know, survive on a day-to-day basis, right? So they really basically punish themselves, right? And you often see this like say someone starts with us, and I know you get it all the time as well, Brian. They start with us and they go, Oh my god, I can't believe I'm able to lose weight on so many calories, you know? And it's like, yeah, you were actually always able to lose the weight on this many calories. You just weren't doing it previously because you had this idea in your head of, oh, I need to restrict myself as much as possible. To get results or to get results as fast as possible and unfortunately due to a few things for a few reasons this isn't necessarily the case and one of the things is first of all there's metabolic consequences to dieting right and what we always say we always talk about is like you can't look at uh a diet intervention, a nutrition intervention without looking at some of the harm that is potentially, like you have to look at it like a medical intervention. You know, it's like everything has pros and cons. This is not just an intervention that you do that has no cons right? It's like, no, there are some cons associated with this. And one of those cons, if you do go into a like very restrictive diet or even just you know a mildly restrictive diet, you are going to get some metabolic consequences. Now, some of these metabolic consequences, especially initially, are potentially really beneficial. Like you might get some like increased insulin sensitivity, some you know better blood sugar regulation, blah, blah, blah. Like you could get all the health benefits associated with dieting, right? But one of the consequences is that you do get some metabolic slowdown. Right. And this is not like people always think like, oh, I've broken my metabolism. and Like that's not the case. It's just, this is a normal process. Like you start fidgeting less, you start moving around less, you start doing X, Y, Z less. Again, we've talked about it previously. Um, and uh, as a result of that, the calories are now on, you aren't losing as much weight as you thought you would. And especially when you were on a, a very large magnitude of a deficit, like if you try to eat a thousand calories less, you're going to hit these consequences much sooner. Right. So we have to factor that in that you're now going to be a little bit more frustrated because you're going to be trying to lose weight and your body's fighting back against you. Right. But another way that it fights back against you, we'll call them some sort of like, you know, neuroendocrine and, you know, just endocrinological uh, responses as well to lower calories. And some of these are just increases in hunger hormones. Right. And obviously that makes sense because you eat less, you're generally hungrier. Like if you haven't eaten in a while, you're hungrier right but this is this is particularly hard when you're really trying to be restrictive because it, it the hunger kind of builds right and your ability to satiate yourself is lowered right again there's all these neuroendocrine things going on um leptin ghrelin like we've talked about these this stuff on the podcast previously right so you're getting all these effect well you're getting all this pushback from the body effectively right and this leads to a situation where You think you see initially you're like, oh man, I lost two kilos this week, three kilos, five kilos this week. You see this initial, like, great, we're getting great results. I'm all I obviously know exactly what I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, these this pushback happens. And then what often happens is we find ourselves in this kind of binge restrict cycle, right? Where people have eaten themselves into this kind of like, we'll call it a starvation position where the only way they know how to diet is low calories. They just eat very little food. And then what happens is, or potentially they're still eating enough food, but they're doing it in a really restrictive manner in terms of they're like, oh, I don't eat any of these foods that I enjoy. I don't eat chocolate. I don't eat XYZ, like insert whatever food it is that you enjoy. You're like, that's completely gone. It's just very restrictive. Right. And what often happens then is people find themselves in these binge restrict cycles. Right. So they stick to their diet six days per week. And then on the seventh day, They eat everything in the house. Right. So they were in a thousand calorie deficit, you know, Monday to Saturday, Saturday night rolls around. And now they're in when you view it over the week. They're like, oh, no, you were actually in a surplus of a thousand calories. Right. Overall. So it's like you actually start gaining weight, which is a really terrible position to be in, because for six days out of seven, you're really restricted. So you feel like fucking shit right? Like you're like, I feel like I'm restricted. I feel like I've been pushing myself with this diet. I feel like I have been really on point with everything. And then you effectively undo it all in a day, right? And potentially again, you start restricting further then you're like, Oh, well, if a thousand calories wasn't doing it the last time, and um, like, you don't obviously tackle the binge eating. Cause oh, why would I tackle that? That was, that was the anomaly. That was the only, I only do that once, you know, the, the actual issue is clearly what I was doing, the six out of seven days, it's not the, the one day. Like Again, logically, you could get to that position, you go, oh, like that's, that's the anomaly, don't focus on the anomaly, focus on the, the everyday stuff, right? So then you go, oh, I'll just drop calories by another 200, whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, next week, the binge is bigger. You're like, oh, well, like, why is this, right? And again, you don't address the binge because you're like, oh, well, like, again, it's still the anomaly, it's like it's happened twice in two weeks, but it's still, that's, you know, two out of 14 days, it's like, that's, that's nothing, right? And then you basically argue yourself into this or like rationalize yourself into this like binge restrict cycle where you eat less, you feel guilty, shamed, frustrated, and then you're like, oh, fuck the diet, blah, blah, blah. And then you end up in a position where you've got no results. You feel like you've been working hard for 12 weeks. You feel like you're in a shit position. You feel like you're broken. You feel like a terrible person like you're like oh like dieting should be easy weight loss should be easy everyone on instagram social media blah 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 they say it's just calories in calories out and i've been doing that and they're able to get results so either i'm a genetic outlier or these people are lying or i'm just a fucking shit person and i can't do anything right you know and like all of these emotions go around your head and like that's not encompassed in this calories in calories out argument. This is not encompassed in this like discussion of metabolism. And like, while we can explain it uh, metabolically. We can explain what like metabolic consequences or, or metabolic adaptations are happening, or we can explain like, you know, what signaling hormones or peptides or whatever are going on ultimately it comes down to it still affects your psychology it still affects your habits your all that kind of stuff right and like i always call this the, the health and fitness merry go round and again you can get on that merry go round multiple ways right again it could be restriction it could be excessive exercise it could be whatever right it could be like oh vegan dieting did it to you you know fucking carnivore dieting did it to you like any of these restrictive diets is like they they did it to you maybe like i've had people on calls and they've they've done everything you know it's like oh we literally i've done every single restrictive diet. And it's like, okay, well, have you ever tried not restrictive dieting? You know, it's like that like, clearly the restrictive dieting isn't working for you. So how about we don't restrictive diet, right? And we'll, we'll come back to that kind of stuff in a second, right? But we're on this kind of health and fitness merry-go-round where, you know, you are pushing yourself around, let's say it's a self-directed or a self- Propelled merry-go-round. You have to like, you know, basically like use it like a scooter and you know use your foot push it around. So you're doing a lot of work to get this merry-go-round to go around. But after you know, however long, twelve weeks of doing this diet, going around this health and fitness merry-go-round, you find yourself back at the exact same starting position, potentially even further back than what you wanted. And again, we always refer to that as like you see these before and after pictures, but you rarely see the after the after picture, and it's like what happens then, right? So. My question to you, Brian, is, like, how do we get off this health and fitness merry-go-round, right? Because you probably help, well, in Ireland anyway, like, you probably help more people than most people, coaches in Ireland have helped with this stuff, right? I don't know about England, I don't know about any of the other English-speaking world, but I know you have a lot of clients, (laughs) you know, and I know you've been doing this for a while. So I know you've been able to help a lot of people in this situation. And look, anyone who reads your testimonials on our website, like they'll be able to see this in action, right? So, how do you actually go about dealing with this, right? And you can take this from two perspectives. You can take it from the perspective of someone has come to you, like they often do, and they're already on this health and fitness merry-go-round. They're trying to get off, right? They could have been on it for the last 10 years, 20 years in some cases, right? So you can take it from that perspective, but then also, and I think it's important to do this, how do we set things up correctly from the start so we don't ever get on this health and fitness merry-go-round? Because I know a lot of coaches are listening to us and that's what they're thinking as well. They're thinking like, yeah, I want to be able to help these people that are already in this situation, but they're also thinking like, how do I not fuck up my clients? Like, how do I get them to a position where they can get results without having to basically get on this health and fitness merry-go-round so that's a big task for you there brian but take it away
1: yeah so if if someone is coming in in this position where they have essentially tried all the diets and you know you you literally you see this all the time uh with people who sign up it's like i've literally they'll list it out for you i've done all of these like ranging from like pretty awful fad diets to maybe less awful fad diets that are still misinformed and then misinforming people as a result but it can be as as simple as looking at okay well what what have you been trying for the last for your whole life essentially with with dieting what have you been trying has that looked like okay going super low calories being super restrictive okay how about like a paradigm shift where we don't do that initially and we'll see what that looks like because chances are you spent weeks you spent months you spent probably years in a lot of cases trying that way So does it make sense that we may and may go and try something else, right? Because, you know, essentially you're just, you're just not getting the result. The thing's not working for you. You're, you're going down doing your, your super low calorie diet, and then you're binging it back either, uh, you know, at the weekend or after, you know, two weeks or whatever it may be, you know, however long you can hang in there until, you know, you, you hit the ejector button and then, and then you're out and then you have to obviously, you know, come back in. You're like, okay, I need to get this. I need to get this down. And as you uh, put it so well, you know, it's obviously not the, the one day, the anomaly, that's, that's the problem when, when it is the problem and the, the restriction, if that is what you're doing and it's not working, then you have to be able to consider that, Oh, maybe that is actually an issue, right? In spite of what you've been told about, you know, you know, calories are important. So less is obviously better in terms of, trying to get the result and like again on paper and physiologically that's true if you can adhere to that and not end up binging and not end up just gaining back whatever weight you might have lost and then it's just the, it's the psychological response to that as well because as you said you end up they end up feeling like a shit person you know a lot of these people especially people who engage in binge eating uh on any sort of regular basis like their their self-esteem is already lower right Uh, as a a general tendency it's already lower um they have perfectionist tendencies okay so on that on the latter point in terms of perfectionism it's trying to move away from that as well okay so if if you're a person who has created all these rules for yourself where you know maybe your low calorie diet is a thousand calories a day and you eat a thousand and ten then that equates to failure in in your mind Uh, That is, that's literally what you see in these people. So we have to have a conversation about, and and a lot of this in practice for me looks like, you know, kind of a cognitive behavioral approach where I'm, you know, going back and forth in a a dialogue with, with these clients and saying, okay, look, you know, if, if 1,010 calories is going to be detrimental to your progress here, why is that the case? All right, so is 1,001 calories an issue? If not, why not? If it is, why is that the case? You know, so I'm trying to get at, I'm trying to, you know, unravel what they think they know about the process. Right. And, you know, and I'll offer my input. It's like, look, based on my education, my experience, this is what might happen. You know, if you eat a thousand and ten calories instead of a thousand. Right. So we start to unravel that sort of illogical or irrational or just misinformed thinking about what is actually required to get you a result here. All right, so if 1,001 calories is not a problem, why is 1,010 And where is the line? You know, where does that line come up? So what actually is important? Okay, and then people get into talking about this. So like, you know, we, we rank, or we allow clients to rank their uh, nutritional adherence, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10 in their in the check-ins. Um, and I had someone last week say, you know, uh, it was a 7 or an 8 out of 10 or something. And like, to me as the coach, I was like, that looked pretty fucking good. So I can ask him the question, okay, why wasn't that a 10 out of 10? Or what would it take for it to be a 10 out of 10? And the answer was, it would have been a 10 out of 10 if I only ate healthy foods, okay? And then, you know, we're this dialogue is ongoing because on only, only recently. Um, so the question is, like, you know, okay, so why is it So then I can ask him something like, okay, so is it possible that you would, you know, move away from your goals by only eating healthy foods, you know? If you're eating 3,000 calories a day and it's two, you're meant to be on 2,000. Is that you know, you are by your standard there eating a 10 out of 10 nutritionally, right? Because that's what he told me, okay? And it's, it's not, it's obviously not like trying to catch people out and be like, ha, what this is what you said, all right? It's not like a, a fucking interrogation in the courtroom. Um, this is me, you know, coaxing them to the point where they can see, oh, okay, maybe it's not down to eating just healthy foods because then we get to the point it's like okay i could score myself a 10 out of 10 on my adherence yet i would not get a result so what else is important there so these are the kind of discussions um, that we'll have with people so it's trying to dissect that stuff and you know you start off in a lot of cases kind of gently right because if someone if someone comes in this is another recent example if someone comes in And their background is really obsessive over tracking, really obsessive over calories and macros. And I say to them, okay, yeah, we're just not going to do any of that now. All right. That's, you know, just that's gone. You're not, you're not tracking anymore from tomorrow. Like that is tough for someone to come to terms with. So it's going to be a gradual sort of graded, gentle approach where it's like, okay, let's, let's start with you not tracking your non-starchy vegetables. Okay. And, you know, and that came that did, that was met with a, like are you sure response like are you sure that's okay to do and i'm like yeah okay let's just let's just go with this uh and you'll see what happens because again it's 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 not tracking your vegetables or not tracking your vegetables is going to let you down it's the hyper focus and restriction and perfectionism involved in that that's tied up in that that is letting you down when you you know put a toe out of line and then it results in a binge right because the more kind of food rules and more restricted you are the easier it is to go wrong the easier it is to fail the easier it is to then say fuck it you know i'm off the wagon now so i may as well just go and eat all these foods because the the literal psychology is that if you have if you're in the type of restriction where all these foods are bad and i can't eat them on this diet if i'm going to be successful if that is your thinking then it's literally a case of okay I've eaten some chocolate now. This was on my list. I shouldn't have eaten chocolate. I will fully intend not to eat that again until this diet is over, whenever that may be. Right? It, it could be. It could be never. Right? So if you fall off, you say, "Well, I fucked it now, so I may as well make the most of it." Right? Because I'm never going to eat chocolate again. Right? That's that's the idea. That's the goal here, essentially tied up in this uh, weight loss piece. Um, so you then you're just going to go hard at it, and you're going to binge and you eventually pull yourself back to say, okay, I need to get back on track now because it's obviously not good for my goals. And that is the essentially the merry-go-round that you described. But in that case, like, okay, why, why are all these foods bad? You know, what is inherently bad about them? So a lot of this is just a dialogue, you know, being willing to put, you know, having those conversations with people. Right. And you, you see in, it's like a common theme in all every single testimony I have. It's like the level of detail, the level of communication was was fantastic. Right. So it's just and it's not essentially special, It was just sitting there and being able to, you know, ask them good questions, get them thinking. It's not diving in to say, this is the answer. All right. It's like, okay, I'm gonna offer answers if I feel someone has gone off track. Um, you know, or if I if they're not sure, you know, often say that. It's like, okay, I want to see what you think about this. I have some ideas, but let me see what what you want to. Put forward first, so it's having that those conversations that are really the the crux of actually making this work and getting those uh, sort of breakthroughs. Okay, so if all these foods are off limits, why is that the case? You know, what is so bad about them? You know, because then someone will say, okay, maybe it's nothing bad about them, but they're high calorie foods, so it's easier to stick to my diet if I don't have them. And it's like, sure, but what makes you think you can't, you know, portion control them appropriately? if you're not in that mindset of, I can't have this, therefore, if I do, I must eat tons and tons and tons of it because I will never have it again. So it's taking those foods down off those pedestals. Um, and this is this is where I'll bring in all that uh, mindful eating stuff, right? Because if someone is just focused on the numbers on uh, terms of their calories, um, you know, they lose all sense of like regulation of, you know, appetite and satiety. Um, because if a diet is set up properly, like the the hunger should be manageable, okay? Because what I find is that people people eating when they're not actually hungry is one of the biggest issues for them, right? And obviously if their diet patterns and habits are not set up properly, like you know if they're eating low protein and they're eating low amounts of vegetables and their general food volume is low, yes, they're going to be hungry all the time. If they're not sleeping properly, chronically, yes, they're going to be hungry all the time. But in the people that I'm working with here, it's often eating when they're not actually hungry where food is trying to fill some other role. Right. So it's, it comes into, you know, emotional regulation and that being a major limiting factor for people, uh, as opposed to it's like, Oh, I'm too hungry. So I overrate. Okay. So that's going to be the case. Absolutely. If someone's going super low calories. So then we just have to bring them out of that because, you know, you can, you can talk to the person about this. Like, look, if you're trying to eat a thousand calories a day and then you eat, you know, 4,000, uh, on Saturday and Sunday, you know, you're not really eating a thousand calories a day. So what does that mean? That means you're actually eating this much. So where could we actually start and try and like level this off across the week for your intake and get you away from that super, super restrictive approach. So one thing that I would recommend to coaches listening to this, cause that's part of the question that you asked is that, you know, try and not let people, Get hyper focused on just calories and macros. Let them maintain this sense of, okay, let me see how hungry I actually am here. Let me stay tuned in. If if that, like if I can give one people, one piece of advice, listen to this. Like either you try and stay tuned in and stay mindful. And this again, this is why the mindful eating works, because it forces you to check in with yourself. Okay. Because a lot of people are just using food to numb emotions, to not experience emotions, or to just, you know avoid feeling any way negative right i think you say this a lot Patty, where it's like you know we we have this broad range of human emotions that we can experience for a reason so we don't need to essentially shy away from any of the bad ones like maybe you know if we could experience them maybe they have a purpose or a reason that we're actually going to experience them so it's not to get hyper focused on on just calories and macros let's keep the other components of this in there as well So then people have to stay tuned in and more self-aware essentially. And that's kind of a a key point for a lot of people because if people just attach themselves to, okay, calories, macros, that's, what's important. I'll go and do that. They lose that other side of it. Right. And then because they'll be lacking that self-awareness, they won't actually know what's, they won't necessarily know what's going on and why they're falling off track. Um, And then, you know, ways to get around that perfectionism, peace which is super important it's like okay you don't give people hard targets in their calories and macros like so I'm not, i think for the, for the most part me you and gary will use ranges with people right because then it's like okay just try and work within this range it's very you know no, no longer then do you have this okay my goal is a thousand calories eight a thousand and ten therefore I failed right and then that allows you to prioritize or at least incorporate the mindful eating aspects. so it's like if I don't have this specific number that I now have to finish on at the end of the day, then what am I left with? Oh, I'm left with thinking, okay, how hungry am I eating all these meals? Um, what's my, you know, mood essentially? Like my, emo- how are my emotions today? How is that going to impact my decision making? Right, and this is where you know, obviously, the psychology of it all comes in. Um, so essentially, it's moving away from the thing that has not been working for you for so long, right? if restriction is is the issue, or if the the restriction is the the super common theme, as you said, because you know, if you look at it that way, the restriction is the common theme when you're on that six days a week. And like you said, the binge is the anomaly. So maybe it's the thing you're doing all the time. That's the issue, right? Uh, So if that's the issue, then moving away from that is a good start. So, you know, and then in terms of not like breaking people, obviously you just you need to have a good background, like knowledge of their background and dieting history, because like, absolutely, I will use what would be called super low calorie diets with some people, but they're generally people that have shown to me that they can do a longer term fat loss, like su- phase sustainably without any issues, without any binge eating, etc. cetera. Um, and then maybe we finish that fat loss phase and then maybe we do a maintenance phase. And that's like, okay, let's just maintain the results with a aggressive cut every now and again right that's that's okay right because that's part of the plan but the issue is that most people want to start there without laying any of those foundations for their actual behaviors for their actual habits um you know so if, if you if you don't know how to eat enough protein on a daily basis if you are a person who does not eat a vegetable okay from you know on any of the days that end in Y, then that is going to be a problem for you. So that is where it comes into, we can start you on the path, right? Let's start you with maybe a mile, if fat loss you got a mile deficit, right? While we work on these things. Okay, or just do it, just start with a few weeks of a foundational phase, depending on obviously the case uh, and the person. Because if you're not doing all those things already, then you're gonna have a very tough time going down to lower calories. Okay. The people who do well on lower calories are the people who are experienced dieters, right? And I don't mean experienced in terms of being on this merry-go-round. I mean, experience It's like, yeah, I've done this. I've gotten results. I've maintained the results. Um, you know, then you are a candidate for the more aggressive, uh, lower calorie approach, And then also, you know what to expect, right? So, you know what to expect with hunger. You know what to expect with, uh, you know, the physiological... Down regulation of of like meat and uh, different hormones and things or the increase in in hunger hormones. So if, if the super restrictive approach has not been the thing that's working for you, let's obviously, obviously it's very dependent on the case because you know, if I look at someone's diet, it's like, okay, they, they're basically eating in no way to achieve satiety. then that's the first thing to work on. And you put them in a little bit of a deficit that'll be manageable, right? For them while they build up that competency, uh, in those sort of habits, and they'll actually, you know, and a lot of this, this, I think, comes down to like feelings of self-efficacy and confidence, and not telling yourself that you're a piece of shit because you keep failing over and over again. Like, if you get like, I had a girl uh, email me yesterday. She's like, I, I just pointed this out to her. I was like, Look, looks like you're in a really good place now. There's been no binging for a while, and I think it was, I think, for six weeks without a binge. Um, Whereas previous actually a really good example. Now that I think of it, like previously, her experience with dieting is I'll stick to my calories for three to four days and then binge. And I'm, and you know, we are on that very, like very quick, fast, merry-go-round. Like it's fast moving. It's like three, four days of diet, a few days of binge, three four then just repeats. So, you know, we're six weeks, no binging, right. We've done some of the emotional regulation stuff, right. She needed some help on the awareness of that side of things. Um, the diet is not overly restrictive right because she's super active so it you know shouldn't be um you know we've tweaked like she had a good good background knowledge of like how to eat well uh but we've tweaked some, a few things in terms of like increasing nutrient density increasing uh, food volume right um she's very very busy so she's eating like a lot of small meals and snacks and stuff during the day so I'm not necessarily poor or low in nutrients but kind of low in food volume like the meals generally weren't big enough so we kind of tweak some things there and there you have it, like six weeks absolutely no issues fat is now coming off or like you know weights dropping measurements dropping everything else going really well you know because we address those things that that need to be addressed um so that is extremely long answer to your question patty
0: uh, that's that's 100 good like i always think as well and it always freaks people out when i say it i'm like like right now whenever i diet i'm like the thing that doesn't s- the thing that stops me from dieting is basically boredom with food choices and what I mean by that is I'm like say I have to diet like I'm relatively sedentary these days because we haven't had Brazilian jiu-jitsu you know training isn't as calorically demanding as it potentially previously would have been and obviously look my steps are down etc because you know, there's fuck all to do <laughs> except like I literally go on, like, and like hard. hard. Uh, two or three w- walks per week. So I'm like fucking working hard. Right. And as I said, in an Instagram post, and people obviously asked about that as well. Like I basically work about 70 hours per week. Right. Cause there's a lot of work going on in the background and triage, which will come to fruition in a while. But anyway, look, that's a, that's another story. Um, So like for me, the thing that actually stops me from dieting is never hunger these days. Right. Like I'm, I'm rarely hungry. Now, obviously some of that is the fact that I'm just busy and like, you know, the idle hands are the devil's play things, you know, it's like, that's, it is a common enough saying, but it is very applicable to the diet because like people generally start eating more when they're bored or they're like, Oh, like in the evening, I'll have something to eat with, you know, just sitting in front of the TV, et cetera. And so I do have that going for me being busy has stopped me from that kind of stuff. Right. But the way I have my diet structured, I'm like, I'm not hungry. Like I'm full. Like my diet is satisfying. So even if I'm in a calorie deficit. Could be a five hundred calorie deficit, you know, fairly well, relatively aggressive, and I'd be like, yeah, look, I'm. It's not hunger that gets me. The thing that gets me is that like I like to to cook with my girlfriend, or I like to you know eat certain things, and like if I'm not able to eat those, I'm like, oh, fine, like I can do it for the fat loss, you know, that that I potentially want to get, but I kind of get a bit bored with it after a while, right? So that's the only thing that stops me from continuously dieting. And people don't really, when I say that to people, they kind of like get taken aback because for the vast majority of people, the thing that stops them dieting is that they feel overly restricted. And like, obviously I'm saying I feel restricted because I want to eat other foods that I'm not able to, but I'm not like overly restricted. And also I'm not hungry. Like the the thing for a lot of people is they feel they have to be hungry when they're dieting. Like I could literally lose 10 kilos. Well, maybe not right now because I don't, well, maybe I do have 10 kilos to lose who fucking knows. And, but like, I don't have 10 kilos to lose. So maybe like, you know, I could lose if I was heavier, I could lose 10 kilos and not feel hungry on that diet down to lose those 10 kilos you know and if someone else was to lose 10 kilos they'd be like oh man i'd be starving after you know six weeks of this eight weeks of this blah 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 but the fact that i have the fundamentals so squared away like i'm like i know exactly how to make my meals like satisfying i know exactly how to effectively portion them out across the day so that there's not periods of time where i'm like oh i'm really hungry now or whatever or you know like say obviously like when i'm back training with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff like i'll be training twice per day you know not every day but some days right so i need to know how to fuel myself for those two training sessions so like i, I already know how to do all that stuff and it's that fundamental like the, the the hard and soft skills of the diet like once you have that stuff nailed like the other stuff really falls into place and you don't find yourself in these kind of like first of all, really restrictive diets, and then you also don't find yourself ever being hungry. And like, that's surprisingly effective at reducing the urge to binge, right? Just having like the fundamentals layer. But then when you actually start digging a little bit deeper, like you're saying you do with your clients where it's like, okay, let's actually analyze what your thoughts are around this, right? You start to open up uh, uh like, all of the little, like you start to shine light on all the little dark spots in your, your brain with regard to nutrition, with regard to things. It's like, there's nowhere for these things to hide once you've illuminated them. And then all of a sudden you start to realize that, oh, I don't need to be restricted. Oh, I don't need to binge eat. Oh, I don't need blah, blah, blah. Like I know you've done a, a load of uh, like, you even like taught us like different uh, techniques and stuff in terms of like, oh, here's a, a little tool to manage the diet or manage uh, thoughts of binge eating. You know, like say for example you know, like using, like, what do you actually, like the mindfulness practices, basically, you know, it's like, how, how do you actually feel when you eat these foods? You know, like, what's the texture like? What's the, the, the food, you know, like, how does it feel in your mouth? Those kind of things. And it's like, yeah, these are all like nice little tools, tricks, tips, whatever, right? Like, uh, but they're not the main show. It's like, these are little like cherries on top. Once we've got the the majority of the diet, like the fundamentals locked in, and then we started to layer on a, a deeper thinking about the diet in terms of like oh you think you need to be perfect with x y and z to be on point it's like no you actually don't right and like obviously you don't just say like no you don't need to be perfect but it's like you actually show them that you don't need to be perfect it's like okay let's actually elaborate on that let's actually explain that let's actually see again like you said like what would happen if you did eat you know bad foods quote unquote bad foods it's like what what's the outcome that you think is going to happen and then we, we explore that you know so it's like you have to, if you want to get a good understanding of this stuff, you have to layer on the psychology. Like, yes, the fundamentals of the diet are extremely important. You have to get them down as well. Right. It's like, again, it's not, it's not an a la carte menu. You have to choose both of them at the same time. And it's just hard. And like you were saying there, it's like you coaching someone, like, you know, where to look, like, you know, where, like using that same analogy of like, where to shine the light and be like, look, Here's the dark corner over here. This is where you're hiding that thing if you don't even realize you're hiding. It's like, boom, shine the light on it. We deal with it, you know? And I think that's hard for, first of all, coaches to do because they maybe haven't experienced that. Like they haven't, like we get a lot of coaches that like we coach a lot of coaches and then they see from the process, they're like, oh fuck, like, this is how we actually deal with the diet or this is how we deal with training or this is how we do what I, whatever so that we get the best result, right? Because I like to think at least that we have like, you know, world-class, coaching and like that's what we aim to offer anyway and, and i know like I've, I've got coaching from like loads of people before and i know we provide a better service than a lot of people that are supposedly you know world-class coaching right so i'm like what does that actually look like and when you're a coach and you get coaching yourself and you see that and you go oh fuck like this is what it's actually like like that's a, a feed forward loop right and it is hard for coaches to be able to do that themselves you know in terms of like you've had to learn all this stuff through multitude of courses through talking to people and then obviously through experience as well um but obviously like that's taking you wherever fucking we'll say 10 years whatever you know it's like coaching yourself as well you know so it's like this is taking you that long and like if someone gets coaching off you for example like they can get that short circuited like boom there you go there's 12 weeks you know this information like yeah okay you don't know all his tips and tricks but it's like you know a lot more but it is hard to teach yourself this and to learn learn this yourself and like that is something that we obviously aim to to help in the future um but right now it's like if you are a coach the best recommendation that i would give to you is like yes start reading about this stuff yes start learning about this stuff like brian for example you do consultations like you do consultations all the time it's like the other coaches can learn from you i know there's other coaches as well like they're not even affiliated with us like i know shannon beer like fantastic like if if someone was saying to me they're like oh where do i go to learn about this stuff i'd be like brian or shannon go to either of those you know it's like that's they're probably the two best at least that i know you know um so i'm like go go to them like that's the reason why like shannon has been on the podcast more than you Uh (laughs) <laughs> but it's like you know it's like it, there's a reason for that um because she's good right so i'm like outsource this stuff it's the easiest the fastest way to learn and otherwise you will go down a load of rabbit holes that potentially are just divots that you know you shouldn't have gone down the rabbit hole there's no rabbits down there you know um but if you are an individual that's trying to lose weight it's a lot harder to do this stuff yourself right because as a coach look you can kind of you're a problem solver right and well yeah we don't want to necessarily just solve all our clients' problems. And I don't mean that from a perspective of like, oh, we want to keep them as clients forever. So don't solve all their problems. I mean, like we want them to be involved in the problem solving process. I want them to be their problem solver. I don't want them to need me long-term, you know? And so they need to learn the skills of problem solving. But if you are an individual trying to coach yourself, it's just very hard to get through this like you don't have someone in your corner asking you these questions you're also probably unsure of the fundamentals you're like oh i heard about calories macros blah 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 i'm trying to do that and then your execution of that is we'll call it wrong like it's it's not wrong it is informative it's informing you some way and it might not be perfect for what you want or need but you know it is informative right but like their their fundamentals are not nailed down and then it's a case of like oh i don't even know how you would dig your way out of that just as an individual. Like you're listening to this, like, obviously you could listen to everything Brian just said there in his, uh, in his little rigmarole, uh, speech there where it's like, you could listen to all of that and you could take that on bar on board. You can, you know, try to implement some of this stuff, try to ask yourself questions, try to think of things a little bit differently, but it is hard. You know, it's not going to be easy. It's like what you said earlier on. It's like, you know, dieting is easy, you know, or dieting is simple, you know, it's, but it's not easy. You know, it's like the, like the fundamentals, understand calories, understand macros, fairly simplistic. It's not hard information, right? It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Here's your calories. Here's your macros. This is food selection. Boom. See you later. You know, it's like, you could teach someone that fairly quickly. However, the actual implementation of it is hard. And then when you start trying to layer on like the psychology, all the stuff that's been going on previously in your life, you know, maybe you are an emotional leader. Maybe you eat when you're stressed, maybe you eat blah, blah, blah. It's like, Trying to deal with all that stuff is also hard as an individual. And I would love to say that I have an easy fix for that, but I unfortunately don't. So unless you have an easy fix for that, Brian, which I don't think you do, what else do you think someone as an individual, right? They're just trying to get a handle on their nutrition. Like how can they set themselves up for success right let's say they don't have any binge eating history like and they're just coming to this and they're like right i want to start losing some fat like what is the process for them and then also i suppose as a secondary question like someone comes to you and they're like yeah i have a little bit of a history of like binge restrict cycles like i want to start basically from a fresh slate like how do they start the process properly Uh,
1: before i get into that something i want to add is that for the people who, in my experience, like I've noticed the pattern that the people who have the biggest issues with this sort of thing are the most resistant to doing the things that is going to help them with this. So I mean more so there in like kind of disordered eating uh, behaviors where people are very resistant to actually doing mindful eating exercises, like really resistant. Like it, it could go on for like two, or three weeks where someone's like, "No, I still haven't done that." And then, like, that raises, like, so many questions. like, why, why is so why so much resistance to just a little, like, a two-minute exercise where you're just going to pay attention, essentially? All right, so there can be a lot of psychological sort of baggage there as well. And you may not want to face up to all that stuff, all right? depending on what, what the actual history is. Like, it varies, like, from severe to not so severe. So but, this
0: is the thing, like, minds can be really fucking dark you know like whatever's going on in your life like most people don't want a light shone on their dark areas you know like they don't want to find all the the cobweb filled dark corner of their mind that they've been fucking burying deep deep down and that is something that like if you are a coach that's something that you're going to have to deal with and like realistically most coaching certificates they don't equip you for that and like there's nowhere I'd love to be like, oh, this is the course you go to, this is this whatever you go to that can teach you that. But it's not. It's like even psychologists struggle with this stuff. It's not like they're and like they're that's their like or psychiatrists or whatever. It's like that's their fucking whole shtick. And it's like it's still fucking hard for them, you know. So it's like, do you think you're gonna get a little course, 12-week course or whatever, and they're studying for four or five, six, whatever years to get the knowledge of this stuff? It's like like it's probably not going to be easy regardless of your background you know um but anyway yeah sorry for interrupting yeah
1: yeah so that, that's just the point to make that the, the people who maybe have the most issues with this sort of thing especially when it comes to like emotional eating um or even just trying to figure this stuff out because you know if if you can see what your limiting factors are like we look at your diet on paper and it's like all right that's that's pretty well put together you know so, you know if it's not then that's uh, that's where you start like you know you, you start by getting some awareness of like, you know, when am I most hungry? So, okay, I'm going to eat bigger meals then. Um, I'm going to eat my meals slowly and, and mindfully, ideally so that I get more satisfaction from them. Um, my protein intake is going to be high. My fruit and vegetable intake is going to be high. Like there are all the basic things for you to work on, um, you know, fiber intake. Um, there are all the basic things for you to work on. Like if your diet on paper is not fairly up to scratch, like that is going to be a big limiting factor, even if there's all this, psychological stuff flared on top as well so if you have that pretty well put together which a lot of my clients will yet they still struggle so then we have to move on look at the the psychological stuff where okay so what are the what are the limiting factors you know is it because you immediately turn to food when you feel stressed out or emotional etc and then once you once you help a client to deal with that sort of thing, give them some tools to try. Like I may not be able to resolve it for them. You know, they may, may need to be referred out to a mental health professional it does happen. Um, once you start to resolve those sort of issues, then it's like, okay, the fucking log in the river has just been lifted out with a crane and now everything's flowing nicely. All right. So that, that, whatever the limiting factor, whatever the log jam was, um, you know, assuming your diet is good on paper, then you have to, you have to start looking for what that might be. You know, it's and then that's where the actual fucking self awareness comes into it, because if you don't realize that it's like, oh, I go and smash a load of you know junk food when I feel stressed or when I have an argument with somebody or some sort of confrontation, you're never going to you know see that log for what it is, right? And that's why I put so much emphasis on this mindfulness, on this self awareness stuff. Um, because you just need to understand yourself a little bit better and how you actually behave and why you behave that way. Okay. So uh, to actually answer your your questions, you know, if someone's going to get started um, and they have no issues, it's, it's a case of, you know, you need to have obviously the requisite knowledge of what's important for it to help you achieve your goal. Uh, You know, set some behaviors in place to then or behavior goals in place to then work on um so it's all, all that stuff i just mentioned a second ago with like what does a good like a, a good diet look like on paper all right it's, it's that sort of stuff you need to to get sorted out and obviously there's other the lifestyle aspects you know how active are you you know what's what are your step counts like what's your sleep like what's your stress management like um because all that stuff obviously interplays as we talk about all the time um and then i suppose i've answered both questions uh, like with that uh interjection where uh, so if someone does have some of those tendencies like sort of eating tendencies then they need to go and get into figuring out why that might be But like i said and like you said it can be very very difficult to do yourself right so the the people who are going to find that easy to do are probably people that don't have any issue with it because like me and you it's like oh yeah we like being introspective okay it's not an issue to go and sit down with a, a pen and paper for five, 10 minutes and just kind of check in and see what's going on, try and resolve something. Um, and like I said already, it's the people who are who have the biggest issues with this stuff are most resistant to doing that sort of thing. And granted, it can be carried to do by yourself. So may, And you may not want to do it by yourself. If you have some sort of past trauma that is a limiting factor here, you maybe don't wanna open that uh, can of worms, right? Maybe not by yourself. Maybe you wanna seek out some professional guidance and maybe even they won't go there because it may not be necessary. Like people, I think people have this idea of like therapy or counseling that's just going to rip off all the band-aids and expose all their wounds and then start salting them up I mean like, yeah, no, you need, to, you need to work through the pain though, like to, to get through this. Um, but often like you don't have to, you know, go and dig those, all those wounds out. Like you can work around it and, and still get yourself into a better place. All right, so that's a bit of an aside, but just it's a big misconception I see about uh, actually seeking help from a mental health professional. That like it does not just mean that they're going to go and salt your wounds, right, and force you to confront all that stuff. Yeah, maybe a little bit, maybe some of it is relevant, but chances are you still really get some help without having to go through something that like is a, an emotionally tumultuous process.
0: Yeah, like using your analogy earlier on of like you know the log in the river. It's like a mental health professional can be a crane driver and they can be the one that just completely pulls the log out of the river. And like, that would be, you know, tackling things head on and being like, right, let's shine the light on the dark corner. Let's get this fucking trauma out of the way, whatever. But also maybe they don't need to be that crane driver. Maybe they just need to give the log a little push. So now it's, you know, uh, parallel to the river and the river can still like flow around it and you can still get progress. It's like, like, that's, that's what they're doing. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be like, right we're going to have to fucking drag this because people think of it like they're literally going to have to drag the log out, you know, it's like, this is going to be rough. There's going to be fucking splashing. There's going to be fucking whatever. It's like, no, like it doesn't necessarily need to be that, you know, it can be just a case of let's just put this back into a better place so that, you know, life can run a bit more smoothly while we slowly start cutting this log down into more manageable pieces until it's eventually gone, you know?
1: Yeah. I like that um and then like in terms of actual practices that may be helpful here it's like okay maybe a meditation or mindfulness practice right and like all this stuff is going to force you basically to tune in to yourself a little bit more so journaling I like um you know obviously this is easier done with another person you know I think you did a post uh and that sort of theme where like actually talking to people and communicating is an important part of like the human experience. And, you know, that's exactly part of the reason. Um, so like mindfulness practice, uh, some journaling just to anything that make like, is a, is a practice where you have to say, Oh, I have to actually go and check in with myself here. So even like, you know, I build that into people's food diaries. So like, you know, how was your mood when you're going to have this meal? Like, it's not, it's not really about like, what was your actual mood? It's that process of saying, I have to ask myself this question now several times a day. Right. And that will help you get to a better understanding and more self-awareness. So then you can actually see where those limiting factors are uh, and hopefully go and address them. Um, so like all the stuff we talked about today, you know, you can ask, you can go through that process, you know, get a get pen and paper, say which are my foods that are off limits and why in each case. Now, you know, is there is there going to be an element of you maybe fooling yourself going through that process. Maybe, um, especially if you're, if you're misinformed, right? So if you, know, if you don't have the, the right knowledge, the right education, it can be hard to do this stuff by yourself, right? Unless you're like really into like rational and logical thinking like we are. Um, a Really good book that I like on this, this is The, the Happiness Trap, which is essentially the, the self-help book um, based on ACT, which is acceptance commitment therapy. Um, and Shannon's a big fan of that as am I um so that can be very very useful it's a short read it's an easy read a lot of good stuff in it a lot of good stuff about like values and again just trying to understand a little bit better what makes you tick and therefore that informs your behaviors most of the time you know
0: yeah thinking fast and slow is also a good one uh, because it talks about like the intuitive thinking versus the more rational thinking and what often happens especially with like binge eating like we'll call it like disordered eating what happens is you often use the more intuitive thinking processes because they're quicker right they're very much the the heuristic type thinking you know it's like oh like hungry eat food you know it's like that's intuitive right whereas like again rationally you might be like oh i'm hungry i'm going to delay eating the food now because I actually want to eat later on with my family, friends, whatever, you know, it's like, you can use more rational thought. And like, again, a lot of this is just about learning more about yourself, learning more about how you actually think, how you actually interact with the world. And, and this is why, like we, like we always say, I'm like, look, you should read broadly. Like you should read everything, you know, especially with regard to how humans have acted in the past and, like, it doesn't, like, I obviously like history and, like, a lot of that is, like, you focus on the the terrible times in history. But I'm also, like, a really big fan of just, like, I just want to know how people lived, you know, I want to know how they thought. I want to know what the, like, what made people, th- like, tick, you know, like, what was going on in their life, you know, like, how did, I don't know, fucking even on like, you know, adventures and stuff. and like, how did people think when they were encountering new peoples for the first time? Like, what was the thought process? Like what, like what was going on? And like, I think even just doing that, like, if you like trying to understand people, there's huge value in that. But obviously if you're trying to help yourself, it can be hard to put yourself in those situations being like, Oh, what would I act like? Cause I know fucking how I would act. You know, in a lot of situations, because so that's it. What I when I read books or listen to books or whatever, I'm always like, what would I do in that situation? And then I'm like, what would I do in that situation if I was actually true with myself? You know, it's like oh, everyone always wants to think that like they would have been the person that fucking hid the Jews in Nazi Germany, and it's like, really would you? Because like half of you that said that like we were thinking that were very happy to be like oh yeah I'd rat out my neighbor about not getting like they're not doing their lockdown stuff over the coronavirus and like like obviously it's fucking not the exact same thing I'm not saying it is at all but I'm like you have to monitor those thoughts because like if you're someone that would happily rat people out for little things you know when it's and like people would say like oh well I'm doing it because I want to keep myself safe and I'm like yeah that's why people were ratting out the jews in nazi germany it's cuz they were keeping themselves safe you know they're like i don't care if my jewish neighbor down the road gets Fucking round it up. It's like I'm looking out for myself, you know. So it's like those are the thought processes. Like we can all believe that we're going to be the the shining beacon, her uh, hero, courageous, whatever. But in reality, it's like we're probably going to be the fucking evil ones. No, I fucking would be. Like if I'm honest, I'm like I definitely would be. You know, I'd be like, yeah, look, round them all up, execute them. You know, (laughs) that's gonna be me. And like that's that's being honest. You know, I'm like that's that's. like i know they're the kind of fucking uh mental traps i would fall into you know um so like you kind of have to be honest with yourself and a lot of times like the person staring back at you is not the person that you think you are and that unfortunately means that you have to confront that and you just thought oh i was just trying to get you know a better diet lose some weight and now all of a sudden you have to create confront your own fucking terrible sins the fact that you are uh uh an evil person you know because we all have this belief like and again people like obviously have turned away from like the the church and stuff but we still harbor the same beliefs like we all believe like children are innocent you know when that's categorically false like children are born evil like some of them are definitely born evil you know and like we believe it from the church because they have like the, the spark of divinity like there's always like a little bit of god in all of us like the you know whatever the holy spirit or whatever you know um but it's categorically false. Like there's some, some children are just fucking born evil, right? It's just within them. Right. And, and if you have to confront that, that you might be one of those people that are actually evil, you know, and like, that's, that can be fucking hard. Again, when you just came into this process thinking like, Oh yeah, I just want to lose like five pounds. You know, (laughs) it's like having to actually sit down with yourself and reflect on yourself. Like that's, that can be tough.
1: Yeah, like are you, are you, if you see someone getting the shit kicked out of them in town or something, by uh, a group of people, are you going to be the one that steps in and is like, "Hey, no, fuck, fuck that!" Like and try and save them. Uh, yeah, I, would,
0: if, uh, I fucking love a good knock, so. I don't know.
1: <laughs> but then you, yeah, like, but then it's like, oh, well, you know, you they pull an iPhone, and you get stabbed, and then and, and then what? It's like that's
0: you what's... get dying, go to Valhalla. Like, see any, <laughs> any issue with that?
1: <laughs> yeah, warriors' death, amen.
0: But yeah, look, that's... Oh, mate, I wish podcast, On this
1: heavy note.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wish the podcast had like a, a, like here's a to-do list of exactly what to do. And obviously Brian has provided, hopefully, I, I I think anyway, um some like action points for people to go forward. But what I do want to really drill in, especially as we're going to go forward with the, the rest of this kind of fat loss series is that like you can get very caught up in thinking about the physiology, but you have to remember that we're humans. You know, it's not all just rationality logic and you know scientific like oh here's this biochemical process and this does this and this does this it's like no like you have to actually realize that we are humans we have human emotions and they some of them are enjoyable some of them are not enjoyable and you just have to navigate the situation navigate life as best that you can anyway look we're gonna round it up there uh, or wrap it up there i should say um
1: it's got rounding up people yeah, I was
0: just, it's already <laughs> in my mind I'm thinking about going out and doing some things now <laughs> you know but before i uh just fully wrap this up and whatever how can people get in touch with you brian if maybe they have an issue and they're like oh like i, I need to talk through things with something because obviously or with someone i should say because obviously look you offer two services through us you offer like consulting and then you offer uh like coaching so like if Someone was looking out to get either of those. Like, what's the process for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, so you can reach out to me on Instagram, at Brian Ohangsa. Uh, uh, you could email me at brian at triagemethod.com. You can get in touch with me by going to the website, you know, triagemethod.com. Um, you know, if you happen to message Patty or Gary or message the triage page on any of the social media platforms, chances are you will be able to get in touch with me so any of those uh media it, it will work well um yeah pretty simple lots of options
0: fantastic yeah and obviously you do have spaces available because so i know my, like this is coming out tomorrow which is the i want to say the 10th of may um, and yeah. but uh i know gary He previously had like five spaces available he now has two spaces available I have one space available so like if you're looking for coaching like now the time to get in because once they're gone they're gone you know Um, and I know you do have a few spaces available but obviously look they're filling up fast if there's a roster there's a a specific number that you have and that you can you know afford to have and unfortunately for people that need help it's like you know you need help now you have to get in now because that roster is not always going to be available right and so if you are interested look there's information in the info box wherever it is whatever app you're listening to this on or whatever it's somewhere it's probably below it whatever right you can look at the links you can go in look for coaching it's on the website and we do obviously have a newsletter as well Gary always sends that out every week so if you are interested in just learning more about what we do maybe this is the first time you've come across us the newsletter is a good place to start. We do appreciate that people uh, you know, subscribe on YouTube, especially, but also in terms of like wherever you listen to your podcast, especially like Spotify and stuff, like subscribe. We do also really appreciate when people share the stuff on their stories, right? Because that that genuinely brings the, the podcast to a much much bigger audience and would just like stumble across it randomly you know and so if that is something if you're listening to this and you're like oh like that was a great podcast share it on your story literally tag us we'll reshare it you know so it's you know win-win like you'll be on our story wow (laughs) (laughs) but uh no genuinely that does does really help with the whole visibility of this so if you are enjoying the the podcast or whatever maybe you're just jumping in and out a few episodes here and there or you're a regular listener If you could please, you know, share it, tell a friend about it. That really does help, you know?
1: Yeah. We help more people. And that's the whole point.
0: Exactly. And like, we are actually expanding quite a lot in terms of the, the, we'll call it the Anglosphere because we have a lot of listeners in England and we have a lot of listeners in America and we have a lot of listeners in Australia. And obviously look, we're an Irish company. And so that's always, you know, nice to see. um, Basically bringing back the uh, British empire apparently. Um, So that we just need to get like the, the, some, some people in India, like we actually do have quite a few Indians that listen to the the podcast. So that's always nice to see as well. Um, you know, it's like when you see like random places across the world, like obviously India is not fucking random, but like to us, I live in Ireland, like obviously like India is fucking across the world. Right. So it's like, it's, it's nice to see that. Like people in like Sri Lanka, people in fucking, you know, Kazakhstan and stuff. It's like, they're listening to the podcast, you know? So that is always appreciated when people do share it. And look, if you are from wherever you, wherever you are and you think the people in your country, people that follow you on Instagram, social media, whatever, would also enjoy the podcast, like just give it a like, give it a reshare, give it the whatever. Right. Anyway, look, I have nothing else to say. Gar- uh, Gary, your fucking name is Brian. Um, Brian, um, do you have anything to say to your adoring fans? And um, before I wrap this up,
1: no, just to echo all the stuff that you just said there, man, um, you know, share stuff. If you find it good, if you find it useful so that we can help more people, um, you know, expand the reach because, uh, we all got into this business to actually help people. So, uh, you know, we could be doing off, we could be off doing very different things right now if uh, we hadn't had, had that inclination. So more people we can help, uh, the better we feel about ourselves and our life choices. Um, so and
0: that's all it is so you're just saying that this is a completely selfish endeavor you just you just care about feeling good is it 100 percent. and just i'm going to end the podcast on that because you're getting fired after this <laughs> <laughs>